from the authors of Author Masterminds. This is Mysterious. Mystery surrounds us every day. Join us and listen to true stories of mystery, from human behavior to nature and the physical environment to paranormal experiences. The stories are true, even if we can't explain them. Perhaps the most famous Alaska ghost ship story is that of the Eliza Anderson. Here is the saga of a ship in distress, forced to choose between being battered to splinters by the savage sea or running aground on the rocky shoals of Kodiak Island. Instead, a tall, gaunt, windswept, rain-soaked giant of a stranger seized control of the ship's wheel and steered her to safety. Then, his job completed, he vanished as mysteriously as he had arrived. For 50 years, the legendary stranger who came aboard was grist for the supernatural mill of the Alaska Gold Rush stories. How you doing? This is Steve Levi, the master of the impossible crime, and I will be your host for this episode of Mysterious. The story I'm about to tell you is true. It's the man who came aboard, and it's the story of a ghost that appears on an Alaska Gold Rush ship. And now, to the story. Built in Portland in 1858, the Eliza Anderson was 140 feet in length and 25 feet wide. A stern wheeler, she was a low-pressure and therefore a low-speed steamer, and she began her career by plying the waters of Puget Sound, carrying mail back and forth between Olympia and Victoria, British Columbia, with stops in Steelacombe, Seattle, and Port Townsend. Though she was slow, it was said of the Eliza Anderson, affectionately by her owners and around curses by her competitors, that no steamboat in Pacific history ran slower and made more money faster than the Eliza Anderson but it was her profitability that led to her demise. Intending to break the fiscal back of the company which owned the vessel, at that time, Captain John Wright and the Bradford Brothers, a competitor, the Oregon Railway and Navigation Company, assigned one of their captains in his ship to shadow the Eliza Anderson. The George E. Star was to precede the Eliza Anderson wherever she went and offer the same service at half the price. It was an expensive venture and not entirely successful. Financially, the Eliza Anderson was about breaking even, while the larger company was losing thousands of dollars. Fares between Olympia and Victoria in those days were $20. From Seattle, the price was 15 Freight was $15 a head for cattle and $2.50 for sheep, with other tonnage varying from $5 to $10 a ton. Since the economic pressure was not working, the competitor tried politics. Through some clandestine political machinations, it was able to influence the Customs Service to seize the Eliza Anderson because she was alleged to be carrying contraband Chinamen. The subsequent court battle ruined the Eliza Anderson's captain and retired the vessel. The government's case, it should be added, has been described as flimsy. Abandoned, the Eliza Anderson was then used as a dockside roadhouse and gambling hall for a number of years. But this was not the end of the Eliza Anderson. 
With the discovery of gold in the Yukon, it was one of the hundreds of derelict vessels purchased by enterprising mariners to be used in the Gold Rush Passenger Service. Refurbished, the Eliza Anderson left Seattle on August 10, 1897, bound for St. Michael. But there were problems. The ship's owners greatly overbooked the vessel, so there were far more passengers than there were berths available. That was the good news. As Pierre Berton noted in his classic work, The Klondike Fever, the Eliza Anderson seemed to lack every item necessary for a sea voyage. She had no propeller, no up-to-date boilers, no water condensers, no steam hoisting tackle, no electric power, no refrigeration, and incredibly no ship's compass. Her coal bunkers were makeshift and totally inadequate, a factor that almost proved her undoing. The vessel was traveling with four other ships, none of which would be called seaworthy. The voyage also started poorly. Rough weather at Dixon Entrance tested the endurance of the ships, and the four and a half days to Kodiak would have put more than one passenger's head over the rail. In Kodiak, the Eliza Anderson took coal aboard. Then, while the Anderson was delayed in port, the rest of the expedition went ahead to Unalaska, the next coaling stop. In Kodiak, just before he was to leave, the skipper of the Eliza Anderson was warned that an equinoctial gale was brewing, and if the weather got worse, the ship would probably sink. Violent storms were common this time of year, and many a sturdy shaft was already on the bottom because the skipper was too hasty in setting to sea. To this, Captain Powers replied, Hell, I promised them in Seattle that I would get this ship to her destination, and I don't intend to let a little breeze make me break that promise. Thus, Captain Power set out, and within a few hours, the Eliza Anderson was battling for her life. Violent waves crashed into the stern wheeler. The wind tossed the ancient vessel about violently, sometimes rolling her so far on her side that her side wheels almost cleared the water. Feeling that the ship was in danger of being swept ashore and ground to splinters on the rocks, the captain speculated that his chances were better on the open sea. This might not have been the best decision. Away from the coastline, the ship started lurching immediately and almost listed completely over. Then, as if by magic, all of the kerosene lanterns were extinguished, throwing the ship into utter darkness. The passengers undoubtedly felt that their last day on Earth had come. Being tossed about like so many rag dolls, they were sharing the floor with dishes and chairs and bedding and all other shipyard articles that were not nailed down. All night long, the Eliza Anderson fought for her life. The decks were awash. All but one of her lifeboats had been washed overboard, and her rafts were gone as well. Flooding was common, and the doors were singing and banging with every roll of the ship. Realizing that their only hope of survival was to keep the Eliza Anderson headed into the waves, Captain Powers ordered a sea drag tossed overboard. A sea drag, or a sea anchor, is a large canopy of canvas, like a parachute, that is secured to the back of the ship with a steel cable. Tossed overboard, it billows full and serves to give the ship a steadier ride, though it slows the ship down. But even with the sea anchor, the Eliza Anderson was in trouble. The ship was making little, if any, headway, even with the engines going full force. Then the rudder chain broke. As the ship foundered in the water, each wave threatening to roll the ship over, the crew scrambled quickly to install relieving tackle. Then there was a report of flooding below decks. When the pumps were turned on, 
it was discovered they were clogged with coal dust and were thus inoperable. Ordering everyone into life jackets and sending out signal flares, not that they would have done any good, considered that any other vessel in the area would be in the same distress, the captain and crew prepared for the end. Reverend Hawkins calmly walked among the passengers and was credited with stopping a panic, while other passengers were intoxicated to a stupor, having fortified themselves with liquor from their private stock in an effort to bolster their courage. Uh, let me take a short break. Mysterious Podcasts are sponsored by Author Masterminds and Readers and Writers Book Club. We invite you to join the club. You can chat with Author Masterminds. You can read content pieces and serialized books. And you can buy books at 50% off the list price. Please check Mysterious Show Notes for links to the book club and Author Masterminds. Then, if the situation were not bad enough, Lady Luck turned over another bad card. The Eliza Anderson was out of coal. Lazy crew members had hidden half the bags of coal on the Kodiak dock rather than haul them aboard. Now the ship was going to pay for that error in judgment. Without power, the Eliza Anderson would surely be swept sideways and rolled. To survive, it would be necessary to burn everything on board, chairs, tables, bedding, molding, and even personal possessions. In a frenzy, the passengers immediately began ripping apart the interior of the ship and handling the burnables down a line of men into the boilers. But it didn't take long for all the burnables to be consumed, and then there was nothing left to rip from the walls. The pressure in the boilers was falling, and the captain knew that he had no choice now but to abandon ship. Ordering the passengers and crew to grab anything that would float and prepare to abandon ship, the captain was about to give the order when he got the shock of his life. The door to the wheelhouse was violently pushed aside by a stranger who stood before the captain. He was a man the captain had never seen before. The ghostly figure was more than six feet tall, gaunt of feature with glittering gray eyes which peered unblinkingly through the misty spray. He wore oilskins and high rubber sea boots. His hair was a mop of grayish white, and a flowing white beard gave his leathery face the aspect of a Viking form out of the dim past. Seizing the wheel, the gaunt stranger said to the captain, Your ship is in great danger, skipper. Let me take the wheel, and I will try to save her. Ordering all power that the Eliza Anderson had left, the gaunt stranger demanded that the sea anchor be cut free. Then he turned the ship back toward Kodiak. A giant of a man, he was handling the wheel alone a task which had required at least two men to control only moments earlier. The boat wallowed as she turned and then raced with the wind. Moments later, the crew saw the rocky shore of Kodiak Island uncomfortably close. Despite the pleas of the crew to let them resume control of the ship, the captain let the stranger wrestle the wheel. The rocks drew closer and closer until it appeared there was no way they could avoid a collision. Then. Just before the Eliza Anderson hit the shoals, the stern wheeler rounded a point and a sheltered cove appeared. The gaunt stranger pulled the ship into the cove. The wind and waves blocked for the first time in hours. The Eliza Anderson was safe. Profusely thanking the gaunt stranger, the captain escorted him to his own cabin and then went below to see what damage had been done. When the passengers learned what had happened, they raised several hundred dollars among themselves to present to their unknown benefactor. But when the captain returned to his cabin, 
the stranger had disappeared. A thorough search of the vessel failed to produce the man. Since the only lifeboat left was in use at that time, and the ship was well offshore, everyone was baffled as to who this mysterious stranger had been and how he had disappeared so quickly. The Eliza Anderson also had another bit of luck. There was an abandoned cannery on the island which had a supply in coal. This the Anderson quickly seized and used to power the ship the rest of the way to Unalaska. In Unalaska, the tale of the stranger who came aboard spread quickly. The United States Coast Guard, however, was not particularly impressed with the story of a gaunt stranger suddenly appearing and saving a ship. Ghosts may haunt hotel rooms and saloons, but rarely do they save ships. While the captain, crew, and passengers may have gone to their graves believing that divine intervention had given them a new lease on life, the Coast Guard was unimpressed with that explanation. To investigate the matter, it ordered the revenue cutter Corwin to proceed to the area and find the alleged gaunt stranger. It was not until 1956 that the truth was finally published. Visiting the cove where the Eliza Anderson had been sheltered from the storm, the Coast Guard encountered two tall Norwegian brothers, Eric and Olaf Hested. The brothers lived in the area but had gone broke when their small salmon cannery had been squeezed out of business by the larger companies. Then they had made their living hunting and fishing. One of the brothers, Eric, had been in the city of Kodiak on the day the Eliza Anderson was town and decided to stow away. He needed to get to Unalaska to see if he could get a loan from his uncle who had made a fortune in the sealing business. Once on board, Eric had hidden with the cargo below decks. In spite of the fact that the ship was in trouble, Eric had been afraid to come out of hiding. Being an expert sailor, he figured that the ship would be able to weather the storm, and it was not until the flooding began that he realized how critical the condition of the ship was. Only then did he reveal his presence. As to his disappearing act, the explanation was simple. After he had accomplished his amazing feat, he left the captain's cabin and went down on deck. Nervous about accolades and concerned that he would be questioned about his unexplained presence on the ship, he wanted to get ashore. As he lived on the shore of this very cove, he was close to home. Getting ashore proved to be quite simple. While the captain, crew, and passengers were huddled on the seaside flank of the Eliza Anderson, Eric went to the land side. Spotting his brother looking at the ship through binoculars, Eric waved Olaf to pick him up. Olaf rode out and picked up Eric while the passengers and the crew were on the other side of the ship. Then the brothers hid in the forest until the Eliza Anderson left the cove. Thus ended what was considered by many Laxons to have been one of the most tantalizing tales of the high seas. Here was a gaunt stranger coming to the aid of a ship in danger of sinking and then disappearing as mysteriously as he had appeared. It had all the trappings of a visit from the supernatural, and undoubtedly more than one passenger chilled his children and grandchildren with the story of that grave night in August of 1897 when a specter from beyond this world came on board the Eliza Anderson and saved his life. I hope you enjoyed this true story of the Alaska Gold Rush, the stranger who came aboard. And if you're interested in the Alaska Gold Rush, please feel free to look up my book on the Alaska Railroad, A Rat's Nest of Rails, which will be available on Off Their Masterminds soon. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode of Mysterious. 